Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Bravo East Coast Housewives. I'm your main bitch, Kim. Hello, happy hump day, as people would say. Do you remember when that was actually really, really big? People would be talking to you down the hall and say, happy hump day, Kim. Uh, No one ever really said that to me in that manner, but I wish they would have because that would have been super fun. So welcome, yins, guys, to another episode of Bravo East Coast Housewives. I hope yins all had a beautiful weekend. I hope you had a wonderful, happy Thanksgiving for those of you who celebrate it. I ate way too much per use, uh, but I do feel like I've been doing much more of that lately because it's colder out. I don't know about yins, guys, but I feel like when it gets colder, I eat more. So I don't know if that's normal or maybe I'm just having a uh, crisis here in my life and I'm not really sure of it yet. But Thanksgiving was really nice. We had a good fam dinner, and it was just really nice. Had a lot of turkey. My favorite thing on Thanksgiving, I do have to say, though, is a sweet potato casserole. And let me tell you this. When I was in college, which seems many, many moons ago, one of my best friends from college, we did like a Friendsgiving or something uh, senior year, and he had us all over at his townhouse with his other three roommates, And he made this sweet potato casserole and he said, Kimmy, this is like from my grandmother's side of the family. Okay, so like this is a big deal. So I was like, holy shit, I need that recipe. And he is such a doll and a dear. He gave it to me. And let me tell you, Kevin, my dear, I'm obsessed with you always. Yes. Shout out to you, honey. I know you're up in New York City and Brooklyn. Okay. But I have been using it ever since then. And when did I graduate college? I graduated 2009. So do the math. Holy shit. Every single year since then, I have been doing that. So Kevin, thank you so much. You know I love you. (sighs) Sentimental. I love that kind of shit. All right. So there's some stuff going on. I did appreciate the last part four of the reunion of Potomac. So we'll get into that a little bit. Again, I do feel like Nicki Minaj, I feel like she saved the reunion. I really do. I just thought it was a little bit boring this year. Like the season was a little too boring for me to like really want to give it so much hype, I guess, because I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I think Nikki saved it at the tail end. I thought she was re- actually really, really great. I was a little skeptical at first, but like I was with Salt Lake, I was very surprised and I really, really enjoyed her. So, but before we get into that, we're going to have some What the Bravo moments because there's some fire shit starting on the Twitter. So I'm really like considering if I should get one or not. But let's go into that because there's some things that I want to discuss with yins guys. All right, so let's just get started. Uh, Since we're doing the Potomac thing in a little bit, we're going to start with that. So I think it was a day or so ago, Nicki Minaj hit her Twitter, and so did Wendy and Giselle. Apparently, and I had to watch this a couple times before I noticed it, but Dr. Wendy, you sly, sly woman. She literally, whenever Nikki was talking to one of the housewives, Dr. Wendy like slyly 
put her hand on like the fucking um, cards that Nikki uses to ask the questions, the cue cards. Is that what they call it? Yes. But as Nikki was talking to one of the other housewives, Dr. Wendy just sort of like snatched some of them because she wanted to know what the bitch was going to ask her when it pertained to herself. And that was a shady ass move. That was reasonably shady, Dr. Wendy. I'm just saying. So I'm still pretty sure you're not going to be a guest on Robin and Giselle's podcast. That's all that I think. Now, Nicki Minaj then took to her Twitter. (laughs) And this is what she says. She says... Okay, so while we on commercial, it was beyond corny for Wendy to look at my cards on the low. I'm that chick that leaves my money, jewelry, etc. out around people because I just trust everyone is like me and won't violate. I hate when people do sneaky things like that. She says things like that. So that was, first of all, I... I appreciated so much how Nikki literally uh, called out all the women on their shit. She literally brought them back to planet Earth and say, you know what? You're not that big of a deal, okay? You're a housewife. Chill the fuck out. Come back to ground level because you're in like fucking space and it's ridiculous and no one's applying for that position there. So I did enjoy the fact that she kind of brought them back down to Earth because I do feel like sometimes these housewives think that they're – I don't know, like fucking Oscar winners and shit. Like, calm the fuck down. You have a reality show. It's okay. We're cool. I love you. But, like, be a little bit more grounded, people. So I thought that was amazing that she did that. And then Giselle also responded. (laughs) And um, because Giselle responded, Wendy then responded back to her, basically saying something like, you know, all season, you never were on the Twitter doing all this shit. Now, all of a sudden, because Nicki Minaj is calling me out, now all of a sudden you're coming at me, Giselle. What the fuck is wrong with you? Basically saying, bitch, please. Giselle said on her Twitter, she said, no one has ever or would ever look at Andy's cards. So why do you do that to Nikki? Hashtag disrespect. And then Dr. Wendy replies. This is what she says. This is on Twitter. I swear to God, I really should get a Twitter. I'm surprised Candace didn't come in on it. Dr. Wendy says, you are so bothered. You don't tweet all season, but dust your little Twitter fingers off for little old me. Go to sleep, turkey neck. The season is over. Holy shit, Dr. Wendy, that was rude. I don't understand why these women are so bitchy to each other on Twitter when they're not really like that in fucking face to face. I think the only person that did that was Monique, and we all saw what happened with that. Just saying. Now, that was pretty harsh. First of all, what is a tur- like? What does she mean by turkey neck? I don't get it. Can someone explain that to me? That's odd. Do we think that it was kind of corny for Dr. Wendy to uh, look at her cards? Yes. Listen, you got four degrees, Dr. Wendy. You should be able to handle what... I mean, fuck, you do political commentary. If you can handle what they're throwing out to you on CNN and shit, why can't you handle what Nicki Minaj is throwing at you on Bravo TV? I mean, really, let that sink in to your pores. And I really want you to try to understand that because that confuses me. I don't know. I thought it was kind of funny. It also made me aware that I think Dr. Wendy is very sensitive for the fact that she doesn't want anyone to go after her at all or her family. Totally understandable, right? I think all the women feel that way. But dot, 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 
It's part of your character on the show. You know what you sign up for when you sign up for the show. If you're that concerned with it and you want everyone to love you and be best friends with you and literally have a safe life where nothing is coming at you, I'm sorry, you're not going to be a cast member on the show. That is not how The Real Housewives works. So I just thought that was kind of funny. So yes, it was corny. I do agree with Nikki. I also found this not only on the Instagram and shit with the people that I follow, but it's on all over the blogs like the Reality Tea, uh, Reality Blurb, Page Six, E! Online, all that kind of shit. So that is the first and foremost thing that I wanted to express to you today. Now, the next thing that I want to turn over to is, uh, I don't even know how they're doing this. Apparently, Hulu. Hulu just released another documentary on a housewife. No, it is not the housewife and the hustler. No, it is, what is it called? It is called the housewife and the Shaw Shocker. What the fuck? How are they doing this? How are they getting all this information on all the housewives that have really gotten into some legal shit? Are they going to do that about Teresa? Probably not because it's not super current, but I would love to see that. Now, I don't have Hulu, so technically I still have to see the other shit. The Housewife and the Shaw Shocker. It is apparently how she ended up where she is with the whole telemarketing scheme. But it's also talking about her claims with the money that she has. And I guess it says something. This is on U.S. Magazine, by the way, this information that I'm getting here. And it says in her casting tape, I think it's actually for the show whenever she was cast for The Real Housewives, she was talking about how she spends $50,000 a month. Wow, it sounds like Ericana Glam Squad, doesn't it? But she says she spends 50000 a month. And I guess the number was questioned by the experts in this documentary. As her husband, Sharif wouldn't be able to provide her then that lifestyle with his assistant college football coach salary. So it was kind of the red flag was there saying this guy is an assistant coach and you're doing what you're doing. You're spending 50000 a month like It's not adding up with the numbers that we're getting here. I'm very confused. So one of Jen's former employees also did state in this documentary that I guess her fur coats, jewelry, Porsche and all that kind of shit were either borrowed or loaned. So it's basically she's she's putting on a front. Clearly, it's just crazy how this came out so quickly after, you know, after we've seen the past couple episodes with Jen in this whole situation. I mean, we already know that it happened a while ago over the summer, but it is just kind of coming all out at the same time. It's weird. So I do remember also seeing something like Sharif wanted to get a divorce before the telemarketing shit came out And everyone knew that she was fucking up and shit. So I read that somewhere. I can't remember or recall what blog I read that or if I just saw it. I think I might have just seen it on Instagram. So I did find that kind of interesting. So my question is, did Coach Shaw actually know that this was going on? I am not sure. I hope not. But yeah, The Real Housewife in the, what is it? The Housewife in the Shaw Shocker is out on Hulu. So maybe I should just literally do a 30-day 30, 30 trial and do that and The Housewife and the Hustler and then call it a day. So, but I wonder in the future, which housewife do you think Hulu will do another documentary on? What do you think? Who is the next housewife that will be in legal trouble? I'm not really sure, but um, I'm sure Hulu will uh, 
try to make money off of it. So there's that. Let's go to Real Housewives of Orange County, which is great because it premieres tonight. Woohoo! I saw this on Instagram and I was like, oh, yes, love it. So this is Reality Blurb. Tamara Judge, baby, suggests that Vicky has damning voicemails of Shannon Bador as she slams Real Housewife co-star and says that Gina and Emily expose her as a manipulator. <sighs> this again was on Twitter. I actually took screenshots of this because I thought it was so good. Something happened. So Shannon did this interview. It might have been for E or something, but she said something along the lines that Tamara was her best friend for six plus years. But then again, after she left the show, Tamara's been out in the press saying shit about her that are untrue and Shannon doesn't want to address it with her and she's like what the hell she's not on the show everything is over like why is this still happening this is crazy we're at a two-year mark here so like right now it's just sad so Tamara in response uh on Twitter and she's great I mean I don't love Tamara but I kind of do love her for the show she's amazing and that's why the OC should have her and not Heather DeBro. Okay, but Tamara didn't like that, which I wouldn't either. So (laughs) Shannon likes to be the victim. We've seen it seasons and seasons before. Uh, She really does. She likes to be the victim. She she's like, woe is me type of girl. And Tamara wasn't having it. She said, shut the fuck up, you victim liar. Not engaging is no comment. Then Tamara continues and exposes how we will find that Shannon is a master manipulator in this upcoming season because Gina and Emily expose it to us in some shape or form. We're going to find out. So that'll be fun. So Tamara then says, this is also on her, <laughs> on her Instagram. She says, is your a jealous of your shit what what the fuck that doesn't Tamara honey honey bunny that does make okay wow reality blurb you need to be better with sharing your fucking twitters okay so says is your ass jealous of your shit okay (laughs) all I've ever said is that she stopped talking to me shortly after I got let go Vicky too and how bad it hurt me when I needed her the most I was always there for you. This is Tamara DeShannon. If the truth hurts, so be it. You shit on me. That's why you can't keep friends. I spent so many years talking you off a cliff all hours of the night, protecting you, doing your dirty work, making excuses for you. Shame on me. I should have seen through your craziness back then. I've seen the first episode. You're being exposed for the mastermind manipulator that you are. I'm so happy that Gina and Emily expose you. Clap, clap, clap emojis. Bye, bitch! And then she continues by saying this. She should be very careful. Ooh, she's pulling an Erica Jane. Yo, what? Or I'm coming for you. She's pulling an Erica Jane. She says, she should be very careful. Vicky found her old iPhone with 10 old voicemails from Shannon. I guess Vicky wasn't lying after all. Too bad she didn't have it at the reunion to show what a liar Shannon is. And to think, I really believed Shannon at the time. Damn. So the Tres Amigas are... Amiga! The, n- nope. 
nope, Shannon, you're solo. You're solo at this point. No one likes you as far as Vicky and Tamara go. They are, mm-mm. They are not your friend. They will not be coming to your Christmas dinner and or they're probably unfollowing you as we speak. So that makes for an amazing Twitter feud. But I wish that it would come to the actual show because that would be fucking fabulous. Now, let's go to the Real Housewives of Potomac Part 4 reunion. There were some things that I want to discuss that Nikki brought up that I thought was pretty lovely and uh, I want to highlight. So here we go with the Real Housewives of Potomac reunion part four. So part four starts off with a continuation of Nikki kind of addressing Ashley how she didn't really or at least she didn't feel that she had much of a storyline this season. I don't disagree with Nikki. I don't feel like Ashley did have as strong as a, of a storyline as someone like Wendy. And even though I didn't think that was very strong either. I don't know. The season itself wasn't as strong to me as in the past. But I do agree with Nikki, her kind of bringing up like, hey, Ashley, is that why you were Giselle's sidekick this season to try to start shit because you didn't really have a storyline? Did you want that extra camera time? So she was asking those questions that I'm sure that we were all curious about. I did find it interesting, as Nikki was saying this, that she was basically stirring the pot because she didn't really have a storyline. Candace said something like, well, you know, she had to go to work, you know. She had she had a baby two days before. And then Nikki was like, well, that's why she should be at home with her baby. Then Candace was sticking up for Ashley. Yes, progress best friends in the future Candace was sticking up for her and says well she had to work she had to go to work and that's when Nikki was like candy pants I will get to you project later hello shut the fuck up essentially is what she said (laughs) but I do find it so nice that Candace is sticking up for her and then we get further into the episode and then we all find out that not only is there a throuple between Giselle, Robin, and Ashley. Then there's a quadruple, whatever you quad quadruple quadruple whatever, with Candace. So we'll get there in a second. So I did appreciate that Nikki was putting all the women in check and having them come back down to planet Earth instead of like I'm super famous. I'm like the most amazing person. I'm like oh my god, oh my god. I don't think all of them act like that, but I do feel like they all have their moments. I would assume. Going back to the whole Candace and Ashley, oh my God, they're about to be best friends. Nikki asks, because I guess everyone always is like, are Robin and Giselle lesbians? Like, are they like sleeping again? Whatever, because they're fucking close, whichever. So I don't understand. Like, just because you're close to, I don't know, say if I'm close to a guy, that doesn't mean I'm sleeping with him. Say I'm close to a girl. That doesn't mean I'm sleeping with them. Chill the fuck out, people. They're really good friends. That's fine. And whatever they do behind closed doors, who the fuck cares? I'm not saying that they're doing anything. So Nikki asks Robin, hey, out of all the women in the room that we have here, Robin, who would you sleep with if you had to sleep with them? And then Giselle kind of interrupts and she's like, well, yeah, of course it's going to be with Robin, but we're a throuple. So Ashley's going to come into the mix, too. But then Candace was like, well, I want to come in on the mix, too, because like I'm there as well. So and then Karen's like, oh, my gosh, Ashley, do you know you're having sex with Candace? LOL, LOL, LOL. So that's what I'm saying. I think they're on the verge of potentially being friends again. And I'm here for it. I'm here for it. They're about to drive back into each other's hearts as friends and they're going to love each other and that will be the next season. That's just what I'm thinking. That could be a nice little trailer to see. 
Another highlight I'd like to make is Nikki asks Robin if (laughs) Michael is attracted to one. Of course, Robin says, yeah. And Ashley was like, it's like a friendly attraction. And then Nikki's like, there is no such thing as a friendly attraction. If you're attracted to someone, flirtation is almost inevitable in the future, I would think. Or at least that's what she was trying to describe from what I understood Is there such a thing as friendly attraction? I think I'm with Nikki. I don't think so. Like if you're attracted to someone, you see them, I think, in a sexual way too. I think. I mean, that's how I would envision it. But what the fuck? I could be wrong. That's just what I think. Another thing that came up was looks, beauty, all that kind of shit. So Nikki asked Giselle if she feels like, does she feel that her beauty has faded now that she's older on the show? And I guess, I don't know, I guess Nikki was like, you do look different from when you did uh, back then. And you were basically still saying, I could walk across the street and there would still be tons of guys looking after me because I'm fucking hot as hell. We all know that she's hot as hell. So, so does she. So I guess she just wanted to bring up that question. And then the whole age thing came up with Karen. And I guess the ladies are saying that Karen looks younger now than she did whenever season one aired. I agree with that. Uh, I think Robin said she looked more in her 60s back in season one, two, etc. Whereas now she looks like early 50s. So I do feel like Karen has changed her look through the years for the better so that was addressed and uh, that was kind of interesting and then we got to do people deserve second chances and Nikki was referring to Jamal and Giselle so Giselle did say yes I I do believe people should get second chances and then Nikki kind of like put her on blast and said well why is the second chance happening on the show like you had so much time in between why all of a sudden did he decide to do it on the show and not when the cameras were off? So that's a good question. That is a good question. From what I understood with what she said, it almost seemed like she wanted to do it on the show because maybe he would look at her as an equal to himself because they both have these huge platforms now. Like everyone knows who the fuck he is in um, like the spiritual religious world of you know, what he does. And then everyone knows her as this reality star, if they've ever heard of her. Same thing with Jamal. So it depends on the person, but they're on the same main stage platform. And I think Giselle wanted to do it that way because they would be more equal. I don't know. That's what I gathered. I could be wrong on that, but that's how I interpreted it. And I thought that was interesting. I don't know if I fully agree with it. I do agree with Nikki. I feel like they should have done it a long time ago if they were trying to do it. I'm just glad that it didn't work out because Giselle deserves better. When we get to Mia, and Nikki brought up the fact that how Mia's mother puts down her father, right? Mia's father, that it hurts Mia. And Nikki says, have you ever expressed that to your mother? I mean, clearly we know that Mia, your father has hurt your mother. We know that. And she's expressing that. She's trying to heal. But when she says these certain things that bring down your father, it is affecting you. Have you expressed to her that it hurts you that she says those things about the father? Because all the memories that Mia has 
has been positive for herself. So talking about how people need to heal, I thought that was very moving. I really enjoyed the fact that she brought up not only was Mia's mother healing, but we need to give the opportunity for Mia to heal as well and to address the the matter of, hey, mom, you're hurting me by those words that you're saying about dad. So that was a nice moment that I feel was very relatable to a lot of people. It is to me. I appreciated that they captured that on this side of the reunion. I thought that was really nice. And then the big thing that I thought was to die the $100 million question, honey. Nikki asks, Kern, Mia, and Ashley, if they had $100 million in the bank before they met their husbands, would they be with them? Now, what do you think they said? Because in my opinion, the real answer was no. They would not be with them. But because you got a fucking camera on your face and you got these bright fucking lights on you, you're going to say, yes, I would still be with him. And that's what they all said. Ashley, actually, you know what? Ashley did say if she had the $100 million before she met Michael, then no, she probably wouldn't be with him because she was a bartender. Now, what I gathered from that was she said that she met him whenever she was 22 and she said she was a bartender, so I guess she was, you know, she was trying to pay the bills, whatever, which we all do when we work, right? So I guess she was implying that if she had the $100 million at that age, then she would not be a bartender. That's what I gathered, and that's why I understood her saying, no, I wouldn't be with him, because technically she probably wouldn't have met him because she wouldn't be a bartender, is that how Yin's guys took it? That's how I took it. So I still do feel like, no, she she wouldn't be with him. I, and I really feel that way with Karen. And I feel that way with Mia. I don't think they'd be with either of those men if they had $100 million in their bank. So they were great. They did a great acting job on the television. Yay, yay, yay. Thank you, honeys. Yes. Then we get to, ooh, then we get to the strip club thing. Also, this is how I interpreted it. Maybe I'm fucked up in the head and I don't know how to understand things. However, this is how I took it. When Nikki said, Mia, you're saying that a strip club serves steak. Something like that. Because Mia said, when I think of strip club, I think of chicken wings. Okay. So I think Nikki, I don't know if she disagree with her I feel like she was disagreeing with her because I think Mia's saying well we serve steak so it wasn't a strip club from what I gathered Nikki was saying it doesn't matter if you have steak you're like crazy like you can get steak at a strip club and guess what you really can get steak from a strip club because I do recall Real Housewives of Beverly Hills when Denise was still on her and Aaron, when they walked away from Kyle's party when she was wearing that crazy-ass California shirt that everyone wants nowadays because it's, yeah. So when they were leaving her place, I remember Aaron said, I just want to go to a strip club right now, and I just want to have a steak dinner. So, Mia, just facts here. Strip clubs do have steaks. I mean, I've never been to a strip club. I probably should do that. I, I mean, yeah, why the fuck not? I need to see if they serve steak. <laughs> but per Aaron's words in that episode that we saw on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, strip clubs do serve steak. It's not just chicken wings. So that was kind of a fun little fun little segment there. 
Then we go to a non-fun subject, which is Mama Dorothy, because she is annoying as fuck. And she is ruining her daughter's marriage with one of the best guys on that show. Just saying. So Nikki was like, you know, Candace, your mother is pretty much destroying your husband on national television. Why the fuck aren't you sticking up for him? What the fuck are you doing? And then Candace was like, give me my freaking tissue. God, I hate when she fucking does that. It's getting old at this point because it's just the waterworks all the time. It's just, ugh. But her acapella singing, yes, I'll describe later, a divine. Now, she says that she does put her mother in check, but she doesn't want to do it on national television. Giselle's over there saying, but your mom just did that to your husband on national television. Like, what the fuck? You know, it's almost like Candace is still on the teat of Mama Dorothy. She doesn't know how to let go of the teat. And I don't know why her mother has so much power over her, okay? And I think she gets off on it. For some odd reason, I don't understand why Candace is so submissive in that manner to her mother. Um, I'm not saying that she has to like crack the door down and be like, mom, what the fuck? But I think she she does need to do more to stick up for her husband. And even Wendy said like, I think Wendy's mother doesn't really like Eddie's side of the family or whatever. But once they had their kids, they're like, get the fuck over it. Like this is your family and you just need to deal with it and be cordial. Yeah, that's what adulting is. So Mama Dorothy, you definitely need to take note of that because your daughter doesn't know how to do it because that's how you raised her. I could have people coming after me for that comment, but, uh, you know, you can raise your kids however you want, but (sighs) Mama Dorothy, oh my Lord, I got some thoughts on her. So Candace is afraid to put boundaries on with her mother for whatever, whatever the case. And she says to everyone, it's not that easy. It's not that easy. Well, stop being a little bitch and just do it. Do it off of television. If you can release an album... You can set boundaries with your mother and your marriage because it'll be more successful. And I think all of you will be happier in that manner. Now, let's go to her music. Nikki was talking about her music, how she likes the songs and stuff, and talking about the numbers of how many records are sold, blah, blah, blah. Cool. Good for you. And then she's like, well, I want to hear some acapella because you used auto-tune in Drive Back, and uh, maybe you don't have to do that. But I don't understand why Candace made such a big deal for actually singing it acapella. Like, bitch, why are you getting all nervous? You're on a fucking TV show. We saw you record it in the studio on TV. Why can't you just bust it out at a reunion? That was fucking weird to me. Eventually you did, but God, it was like fucking pulling hair out of like your head. Like, ah, uh, it was cringy. I didn't like it. But when she started, it was great. Like, come on, Candace, get the fuck over the shit and know that you're good and just let it go. You're not Countess Luann, okay? Even though she has amazing hits, she can't sing worth a damn, but you can. <sighs> that made me mad because she really, she really can't sing and she doesn't need to use all that extra embellishy shit to make people think that she's good. Last couple things here. Chris comes to Candace. This is like towards the end. He comes over to Candace. This is after she sings. And he's talking to her. He's getting all pissed off. He's like, you know, I'm mad about the line of questioning here. And uh, I'm kind of pissed off. So my question is, what are you referring to, Chris? 
what are you mad at with the questioning? Because he then brings up, this has been going on for three years now. What is it? Are you mad that Nikki was grilling her for her music shit? For singing live? Or whenever you brought up the whole, this has been happening for three years, is it the relationship stuff with you, Candace, and Candace's mother? Because in my opinion, it seems with the whole three years being brought up, it seems as if it's the questioning of Mama Dorothy and the relationship with Chris. And I don't think he likes it, which granted, I wouldn't either, right? Like she's a bitch to him. She's not a good person to him. And unfortunately, he has to deal with it because he's married to Candace. So I don't know. I just thought that kind of came out of left field. And then Andy's trying to comfort. Oh, my God, she did such a great job. She sang in, in front of Nicki Minaj. But I don't think Andy was getting the point. I really do feel like it was the whole questioning of Mama Dorothy and all that shit and his reputation kind of like he's a little bitch and all that kind of shit. So that was crazy. But that was part four of the reunion. That chapter of Potomac is closed. <sighs> Final remarks of the season. I appreciated it. I uh, was there for the ride. I feel like Wendy is still a little overreactive whenever it comes to the Eddie rumors and all that shit. I, it almost seems like she can't she can't take the heat. So... I feel like she wants all of these things as a housewife, but whenever it comes to her, she doesn't know how to handle it, which is crazy because, again, she's a political commentator. So if you can deal with that shit, why can't you deal with stuff on the Bravo TV network with your housewife shit? So it's a little interesting to me. So I appreciated the season. Robin and Juan, I hope they get married eventually because I think she needs to have her own little spinoff show like Porsche has been doing, like Candy did. I think did Tamara did for her wedding. I think Rob, we need that with Robin. So Andy, listen to me, honey, because whenever Robin and Juan get married, they need their own spinoff because I'm here for it. Super excited. Salt Lake City. Holy fuck. We're going to find more about Mary in her church and the people in her church and all that shit. Is it a cult? I don't know. <sighs> Winter House. Ugh. Austin. Gross fucking asshole. <laughs> Still, again, as I say every fucking week. That made me so mad with Sierra. Oh, you're such a bitch-ass motherfucker, Austin. You make me so angry. So that's over. Oh, I did like at the end of Winter House with the credits, like at the very end, they do like a little scene of Paige and Craig in an elevator. And then all of a sudden they start kissing and it's like, oh, next to come on Summer House. So we're going to see how their relationship buds on screen. So that'll be cute. And um, that's all I got so far, Yins, guys. So thank you so much for listening to another show. I appreciate Yins, guys' ears. Make sure you follow me at Bravo Yinzer. Yinzer spelled Y-I-N-Z-E-R. This is on Instagram, too, by the way. And follow us at Believe Podcasts and at Believe Pop Culture. That's Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Make sure to subscribe, leave a comment, leave a review, tell your peeps about it, and I shall see you guys next week. Ciao, ciao!
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.